Hello friends and uh, welcome to the podcast. Today is episode 25 and we're going to be looking at the topic of self-care, why it's important to look after ourselves. Yeah, it's true that uh, we often give our time to uh, looking after other people and putting other people first and of course all of that matters and that's important but if we're not careful, we can end up feeling like we're, we're running on empty ourselves. And um, the danger of that is that if we get to that place of, um, of just exhaustion or, or burnout, then um, well, we lose our ability to care for other people. So what does it mean to look after ourselves? Because you're worth it, four steps towards self-care is where we're going today in the podcast you get on the plane, you're sitting on the plane, and as you are, just before you take off, uh, the steward stands up and uh, asks for your attention, and they go through the drill of the emergency procedure. And as they're going through the drill of the emergency procedure, they talk about what's going to happen if the cabin loses pressure. If the cabin loses pressure, they say an oxygen mask will fall from above your head, and you need to put that mask on and what they say is make sure before you help anybody else that you have applied the oxygen mask to yourself why are they saying that well they're saying that of course because if you can't breathe then you are of no help to anybody else so it's important that you pay attention to your own care before you step out and care for other people in an emergency situation such as that. So that's what we're talking about today, self-care, the importance of looking after ourselves and what that actually looks like in practice, what it means. Um, You know, is it right to look after ourselves when we should be extending kindness, support, generosity to other people? Well, let's turn that question around and look at it from this perspective. If we look at it from the perspective that if we take care of ourselves and they're from a position of strength, we then reach out to help other people. That gives a whole different take on what self-care is all about, because this is not about selfishness. It's not about putting yourself first in regard to just taking care of yourself. It's about it's about looking after yourself so that from that position, you are then best to help and support other people. And we can get really mixed up about all of this sort of stuff. Uh, We can say, well, you know, um, it doesn't matter about me. I think people say that quite a bit, you know, um, so long as everybody else is all right, it doesn't matter about me. And, And in one regard, that's true. You know, does it really matter about us if we're wanting to show love towards other people? Um, well, at one level, no, it doesn't. But but what about if we don't look after ourselves because we've given that much to other people that we then get burnt out and then we become the ones who, who need, need that care? In other words, the situation shifts. Looking after yourself is important if you're able to do that because in in looking after yourself you're not putting yourself to be a burden upon other people and so it it matters it matters that you look after yourself for your spouse for your children for parents friends It, it matters so that you can bring your contribution to the world because we need the best version of you 
the contribution that you can bring, what you've got to offer. We, we, we need the best version of you that's available, and, and so does the world. So do the people that you interact with, and so it does matter. It matters that you look after yourself because, well, because you're made in the image of God. We, we bear his image. We, we bear his, his likeness. And, and it also matters that you look after yourself for you because you're worth it, because you matter, because you are important. And sometimes the truth is we can struggle with this because sometimes we feel far from being worth it. In fact, rather than feeling worth, what we feel is, is, is shame. And shame can come in all sorts of ways. And sometimes it impacts and affects our life more than others. We can live with the shame of not being able to get a job or not being able to get the job that we want to get. We can live with the shame of, of debt and the burden that that brings over our lives. People can live with body shame. They're ashamed of their body for, for whatever reason and that brings shame into their life. We can be caught up in a habit um, and, and that habit or, or that addiction is captured in a cycle of behavior that we don't feel that we can escape from and, and we feel feel the shame of that. Maybe our schooling wasn't that great. Maybe our education wasn't brilliant. And because of that, we, we feel a measure of, of shame. And we feel these things particularly when we draw comparisons with other people. And the truth is that shame can be a terrible thing and it brings a great weight and, and a great burden upon our lives. The Bible starts in the book of Genesis. It's the first book out of the Old Testament and it starts in a garden. That's where first, you know, the first few chapters are with the creation of Adam and Eve. And if we're familiar with that story, we know what happens is that, that when the fall takes place, when, when Adam and Eve um, eat of the fruit that they shouldn't have eaten from, what do they feel as a result of that? It, it causes them to feel shame. And what does that shame do? It, it isolates. Um, because that's what shame does. It, it creates the belief that actually we're on our own. It causes us to feel vulnerable and can lead us to places of, of self-doubt, self-loathing. It, it causes us to hide and that's the power of shame over our life and that's why we need to really see those things broken for our own sake and for our own personal freedom. And sometimes, you know, when we're caught up in shame or trying to find a way out of cycles of behavior that, that keep us trapped, sometimes we find ourselves in situations where we're really isolated and we need to step out of that isolation. And I'd encourage all of us to to not get ourselves into situations where we feel isolated, where we're carrying secrets that we feel unable to share with other people. You know, there are some great support groups out there. If we're struggling with issues of, of doubt and insecurity and self-worth, maybe challenges in our own mental health and, and well-being, issues of, of depression, struggling with aspects of addiction, and all of these thoughts going round in our minds are taking us in all, all sorts of different places. You know, let's really 
take the courage to seek out those support groups, to look for that community help, to find that trusted friend that we can go and speak to that will enable us to to break out of those cycles. And the problem with shame is it creates low self-worth, which has the add-on effect of building poor value in our lives. And, and value is important because how you value something determines how you treat it. And we've got our car, you know, got a car which is probably past its best now in many regards. And when we first had it, you know, we I think we probably treated it really well, got it washed quite often, hoovered it out pretty regularly. And it's a few years old now and um, it's still a good runner, but it's past its best in terms of its looks. And because, because I don't place the same level of value on it that I did at the beginning, um, I don't care for it in the same way because it doesn't hold the same level of value anymore. And sometimes we can feel like that. We can feel that things have happened in life, that stuff's taken place, it's caused all sorts of reactions and interreactions, and um, we feel a real sense of low self-worth, and we put a poor value upon ourselves. Jesus asked a question. He, he, compared, he compared the birds of the field and all things like that, and and, and he said, you know, that, that's the birds of the field and, you know, they don't sow and they don't reap. And yet the food is available to them, you know, they're, they're, they're flourishing in who and, and, and what they are. And, and Jesus said, you know, to the disciples or to the people that were around about him, are you not much more valuable than they? You know, how, how do you put value upon yourself? How, how do you find that place of of, of real of real worth of, of real meaning and, and and real real purpose because these things they, they really do matter it really does make a difference for us you know here's a thought you know is a white person more valuable than a person of color is a female more valuable than a male a heterosexual more valuable than a homosexual person is a young person more valuable than an old person? Is a white female GP in your local doctor's practice of greater value than a Polish man in the local car wash? You see, we, we make value judgments all the time. We do this by what we say. We do it by what we don't say, by what we allow or by what we don't allow. And in all of these judgments, what we're doing is we're stating worth we are either adding or taking away value from a situation or more importantly from a person. And all of this is really, really challenging. What we do to others. How do we determine value? And sadly, sometimes we can get ourselves into a situation where what we do is we increase our own value in value by diminishing the value of, of other people. This is the way that Jesus explained it when he was speaking. It comes from one of the Gospels, Luke chapter 18. It says, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, 
robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you, said Jesus, that this man rather than the other went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who exalt themselves, uh, sorry, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Whatever we think about all of these things, this thing is true, and that we should never seek to increase our own value by diminishing the value of another person. In fact, your value and my value should come from a different source altogether. It should come from a foundational place, a place from which we can then go on to construct the rest of our lives. It helps us to deal with issues of self-worth, personal identity, those things that matter and matter a lot in life. And so the issue of worth and how we build worth and what worth is and what worth means really does matter. And here are just four simple ways or four things that, that we interact with that have a great authority over determining how we develop our own personal value and worth. The first thing is the power of words. The second thing is the power of experience. The third thing is the power of exposure. And the fourth thing is the power of what I'm going to call enlightenment. So the first thing, then, the power of words. How you've been treated, what has been spoken to you, and what has been spoken over you has an immense power over your life. Words are powerful. They bring with them a level of authority that can leave people captured for decades and decades in their life. It matters how we respond to the words that have been spoken over our lives. Maybe you were bullied as a child or a teenager, and maybe you've never quite got over that aspect of bullying not just the things that were done to you, maybe physically, but the words that were spoken over you can bring a power of intimidation. And that intimidation can live with us and leave us captured. Maybe you've been in an abusive relationship, wherever and whatever context that's been. And powerful negative words have been spoken over your life and it's affected your value, it's affected your worth. What we do with those words really matters. We need to give attention to the words that have been spoken over us and we need to give attention to the words that we speak over other people. The power of words have a great impact upon our life, particularly when it comes to understanding the value and the importance of self-worth. I think as a self-reflective exercise, there can be real value in, in taking a look at your life as it is now and asking yourself the question, are there any words, phrases that have been spoken over my life years ago that subconsciously are still having an impact over me today? 
And what am I going to do about those words? What can I do to move on from the power of those words over my life? Oh, you're stupid. You've always been stupid. You were never going to be good enough to do that. Those negative phrases that have been spoken over us. What, what is it that we're going to do with those? How are we going to respond to those words? The second thing to think about is, is the power of experience. The hand that you've been dealt, the position that you started from in life, that is going to have a massive impact on and over your life. Don't underestimate the power of experience in your life, both in a positive and in a negative way. And don't draw comparisons between yourself and other people in weighing out those experiences. The greatest thing that we can do with experience, either good or bad, is to learn the lessons that it teaches us. And that can be a painful thing to do, can be a sobering thing to do, but it can also be a really empowering thing to do. What position have you started from? What was your baseline? And how have you interacted with those experiences to draw the real deep life lessons that you can draw from those experiences? Third thing is the power of exposure. The people that we associate with or have associated with, again, have and has a great power over our life. I think it was Miles Monroe, um, a preacher, teacher guy who many, many years ago, he said, show me your friends and I will show you your future. What environment are you living in? What friendships are you keeping? Are those having a positive impact over your life or are they toxic? Are they enhancing and enabling you in your life journey or are they dragging you down and holding you back? And what can you do about that? How can you make maybe different points of managing some of those relationships? Maybe stepping away from some negative relationships or certainly managing negative relationships in your life. And how can you move into a circle or into a group or seek to build other relationships, networks, friendships that are going to have a really powerful impact on and over your life? There is a great power in the people that we are exposed to, that we have some measure of relationship and connection with. And the fourth thing to think about is the power of enlightenment. And this is all about the story that you have chosen or the story that has been chosen for you. The story that you've chosen to believe. Because what we believe about ourselves is ultimately what we will become. Because we will live and be formed and forged according to those values and according to those beliefs, according to that story. Which is why, for me, I frame my life within the story of the scriptures, the story of the Bible, the story of Jesus Christ, and an identity that is born in and from and, and through him. And um, this is a two-part podcast, really, this one to do with self-care, because I think it's really worth giving thought and consideration to it. And... Um, Next time, I'm going to look a little bit more about what it means to, to live out of an identity, how that identity shapes us and how that identity forms us, and, and how we can shift that identity to be, certainly from my perspective, a more Christ-centered, 
Christ-orientated identity. And the Apostle Paul, he had lots and lots to talk about this, and you've got to love the letters that he wrote from that perspective, where he speaks so clearly and, and so strongly about what, what it means to be in Christ and to live in and out of the identity that is born out of this understanding and out of this relationship uh, that, that we can have with him. So that's where we've got through to today, my friend. You are worth it and you need to look after yourself, to take care of yourself, to value yourself and to find a value upon which the foundation of your life can really be constructed and can really be built. Because if you can do that, what you are doing is you are positioning yourself for fruitfulness and you are positioning yourself for flourishing in life. And what we all need to do is work towards becoming the best version of ourselves that we can be and to flourish with everything that we can in the life, this one life that we have been given. So thanks very much for taking a moment to listen to the podcast today. We'll be back again real soon over the next uh, week or two for sure to look at part two of um, what it really means to take care of ourselves because we and you are worth it. And so until next time, may grace and peace be with you.